Good afternoon on this live edition on Thursday's Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. So glad to have you along this afternoon. We have a, a really nice day out there right now in Memphis, mostly sunny skies. Looking for a high this afternoon around 62 degrees. Increasing clouds to a little bit tonight with a low of 46. Even warmer on Friday with mostly cloudy skies, 70 for a high. Tomorrow night, a 30% chance of showers. Mostly cloudy, low down to 59. And then Saturday, a 30% chance of showers. Cloudy, high near 73. Kind of giving you a little extended forecast as we look at Passion Week of Christ. Palm Sunday, of course, this Sunday. The forecast, a slight chance of showers, partly sunny, and a high near 63. Right now, just a few clouds and 61. And I want to start off today's program by saying a happy birthday to my oldest son, Josh. Today, he is 33 years old. I know I don't even look like I'm old enough to have a son that's 33 years old, but happy birthday to my son, Josh. Hey, we're glad to have you along on this afternoon. Let me also mention tonight, kicking off tonight, is the Mid-America Passion Play under the direction of Dr. Jim Whitmire. Come and witness the passion of Christ, his life, the miracles, death, and resurrection, all with live cast, orchestra, and animals. The Mid-America Passion Play is starting tonight at 7 p.m. with nightly performances running through Sunday. I believe the Saturday performance the afternoon, not the evening, but Saturday at 2 has been sold out. But tickets are available, all other performances, at mabts.edu. We're going to give away a pair of tickets right now. So the second person who calls 683-0640, caller number 2 at 683-0640, a pair of tickets to see the Passion Play tomorrow night, Friday night. Got a pair of tickets for you right here. Be my second caller, 683-0640. Brenda Yoder is authentic, passionate, and real. As a mom, counselor, teacher, and wife, her life and parenting journey has been far beyond the picture-perfect image of raising four kids, working full-time, and living on the farm in the Midwest. She's a contributing writer for The Purpose magazine, The Hometown Treasure, Circle of Friends Ministries, and how does she have time for all this? Milking cows and speaking all the time, too. She's a speaker for the Stonecroft Ministries, and her own ministry, Life Beyond the Picket Fence, can be found at BrendaYoder.com. Today, we welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. Brenda, welcome to our program. Thank you. I'm so glad to be with you. How do you have time to do all this? I mean, you've got all these speaking engagements. You're raising four kids. Do you have time for your husband? I do. It, we... Um tend to tag team a lot, but we only have one high schooler at home right now when we've got a college athlete. So as we travel to the college athletes' ball game, learning to reconnect more and to have alone time that we haven't had the last 20-some years. Whose responsibility is it now that most of the kids are gone to milk the cows and feed the chickens in the morning? We actually don't have the cows anymore. We sold the cows. Um, we live on a family <laughs> farm. And my husband was the manager of the the dairy farm. He and his brothers sold the cows a few years ago. We actually have our own little hobby farm of goats and some calves. And we got rid of the chickens about a year ago because (laughs) we were tired of going out and getting the eggs all the time. (laughs) Okay. So you go to the local market for your eggs then. 
Well, Brenda, you're coming to Memphis, and you're coming to Central Church. Our good friend Ellen Olford is sitting right beside me right now. She's the director of women's ministry at Central. Ellen, let's welcome you to Mid-South Viewpoint. Byron, it's wonderful to be with a close friend like you and share ministry all these years together. So it's exciting to be with you today and exciting to have Brenda on the phone with us. Brenda, of course, Ellen is organizing the Refresh on April 12th and 13th. Refresh, Ellen, is something that you started a couple of years ago to help women refresh their spiritual lives. Give us some backstory why you created this particular event. Well, women are, are very busy, as as just Brenda was sharing about her own life, just very busy. And that's part of being a mom. It's part of being a, a single woman and working place. It's uh, a young mom, middle-aged women, older women, working women, um, singles. Everyone is very busy. Just our society has created this culture. And so sometimes you have to step back. Uh, we pray daily in terms of your own quiet time, just spending time with Christ and being refreshed through his word. But sometimes you've got to get apart and have some refreshing of the Lord through others speaking into your life. And so with refresh, uh, the main speaker being Brenda Yoder this year, we're excited about her coming as she will be our our main speaker on Thursday night and Friday morning. But in the midst of that, we have workshops of a variety of types that refresh you spiritually and others that will encourage you physically or in physical things of your home, organizing your home, uh, taking care of yourself in terms of fitness, different opportunities in terms of understanding some things that are going on in um, physical, the realm of every part of being a woman. And then the second area is just the spiritual thing. How do you encourage others in their quiet time? We're going to be helping people really know the Lord in that way. We're going to be refreshing them through prayer. We're going to look at that workshop. We're going to have practical workshops that are not only about quiet times and those types of things, but how to help a heartbroken friend. And so there's going to be how to be a better mom, how to be a young mom, how to be a a middle-aged mom. So all those workshops piled together, you can take whichever one you want that's needed. A great resource on those two days, April 12th and 13th, Ellen. Brenda, one of your books that's out is called Fledge, Launching Your Kids Without Losing Your Mind. You have a couple other books too, I believe. I have one other book that's out that really kind of dovetails into Fledge. Um, My first book is called Balanced Busyness and Not Doing It All. It really is about what we've just talked about, a lot of that busyness for moms in the throes of raising kids when you've got them kind of all at home or perhaps a few of them out and coming and going and how to manage life, how to manage your spiritual life, how to prioritize what really needs to be done now. And then Fledge takes that whole concept and goes into the phase of life which I'm in, which is you have kids that are leaving, but you're still raising kids. And um, all of the ways that parents are stressed, moms especially between perhaps raising a a high schooler, college kids need, facing midlife, have older kids, might be taking care of your parents, and how to manage all of that without finding yourself depleted all the time. I'm looking forward to learning about this myself because I'm dealing with an aging dad in in an assisted living home and just other responsibilities. And so these are real things for all of us, really. I understand that you have a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling, also a BA in education. Mm -hmm. When you were raising your kids, you were working full-time job too, I believe. I actually have done both. I was a stay-at-home mom for 11 years until my youngest was two. And then I went back to teaching, and I taught middle schoolers and high schoolers for several years. And then um, because I was stressed 
so thin, and my husband was not only a dairy farmer but also a high school teacher. Um, our life was, was very full, and I found myself at a place where I was under a lot of stress, especially dealing with high schoolers all day long and then coming home to my own high schoolers. And I really realized I only had two years with all of my four children left at home, and I found myself very irritable and angry a lot, not mm -hmm. really mentally or emotionally available for my own teenagers. And so that's when I decided I needed to leave the classroom. I had about 180 kids the last year I taught that I had to prepare lesson plans for and grade papers for. So I actually left the classroom, went back to graduate school full-time, and currently I'm a licensed mental health counselor and a life coach that I do privately in private practice. And then um, I write and I speak. And that flexibility has really been able to fit into our family life hmm. much better. Yeah. Brenda, how much of what you talk about has to do with having a relationship with God? Everything. Can we talk about that a second? Because we might have somebody listening sure. that might not really understand when we talk about a relationship with God. They're thinking about their busy schedule, getting lunches packed, getting things ready for their husband, and then going to an event at church or something. But when we talk about a relationship with God, I mean, can anybody have a relationship with God? And why should God care about me having a relationship with Him? Because He created us for a relationship with Him. He created us as humans to glorify Him. We are created in His image. And um, without Christ, there really is not a sustaining factor of hope, not just for life um, after death, but for an abundant life here on this earth. And um, for myself, if it weren't for my relationship with Jesus Christ during the years where I really was so stressed that it was creating a lot of conflict in our family, I snapped at my kids a lot. I became a very reactionary parent. And it was the conviction of the Holy Spirit through my relationship with God that he would convict me of when I would say hurtful things to one of my teenagers. And it was truly a, an act of faith and conviction that I needed to take care of what I needed to for my own stress level because I was hurting my family. And the conflict was, was pretty intense. And... I had to make a change, but I also knew that faith allowed me to step away from a, a we were a two-income household right before our oldest went to college. It was a step of faith to be able to say, I'm doing this out of obedience to Christ because I know that he wants something that is better for me and for my family, and he is the one who's able to forgive me when I lash out, to create a new spirit in me, which is truly what he did. Even though I practiced a lot of self-care during um, the next several years, I pursued my relationship with him first and foremost. And the Holy Spirit truly is what transformed me from being a reactionary parent to a more patient parent. And there, those things we just can't do on our own without the help of Christ. Brenda, I wanted to start our conversation with the very foundation that we all need. You know, as we venture into this journey of life, realizing that there is a bigger picture and that there is a purpose designed for our lives, even through the mess, the busyness and troubling times we face. I mean, I don't know how people, Ellen, face these kind of things we have to face in life and what's on the plate of so many of our women listening if they don't have that relationship with God. 
women that are hearing this message right now that you're sharing, Brenda, or the radio, we want to invite women to come so that they could know Christ. They could really find a relationship with him. They can be strengthened or refreshed with the relationship they do have with him, but they need practical steps, spiritual steps to refresh their heart and soul just like you did in that deeper walk with the Lord, but a refreshing walk with him to move forward. I think that that is the draw of renewal, refreshing. I've worked primarily as a professional, both as an educator and as a counselor in secular settings in public schools and um, with women in domestic violence shelters and in foster care. And I can tell you that the only difference between the troubles and the, the stress and the worry that most moms, most women of any age today have. There's no other hope outside of this life-giving dream that comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, because he is the one that gives us courage when we need courage, who gives us faith instead of fear. And I find that for a lot of women especially, fear is what drives a lot of our busyness because, or a lot of our stress because we carry a lot of worry, we're afraid, we're afraid of the world our children are, is, our children are going into, we're afraid of the what ifs as our children get to become teenagers or become young adults. And knowing that Christ has not only a relationship with us, but then he desires a relationship with our children and he's able to have his hand upon them when we can't, that is Amen. a life-giving principle yes. that nothing else in the world can offer. Brenda, looking at those formative years of raising those four children, as you mentioned, uh, what have you found to be some of the more successful ways in communicating your life values to your children? You know, I've talked recently with one of my older boys. I um, I also speak for a nonprofit called Doug's Nest that does child abuse prevention. And I was doing a uh, workshop on pornography, and I asked my college student, my I have a girl and three boys, I asked my younger two boys what has helped them uh, to be able to choose God's ways. And he said, uh, church, and he said the way that you and dad respond to each other and how you treat us and treat other people. And I do think that as I thought about those things, uh, our church, our, the church that we attend is pretty basic, but a very strong Bible teaching. And we aren't real snazzy, um, but the, the kids have learned and they have had authentic men and women around them who really live out their faith mm. by what they do rather than um, like what do what do what we say, but not what we do. And um, I think in our own home, that really was the turning point for us. Was I realized that my own behavior, my own reactionary behavior towards my kids, was not backing up what we had poured into them all throughout their upbringing. Of we love God first, and we honor Him, and every decision filtering through what honors Christ. And I couldn't stand before my kids, especially my my teenagers, who are very critical. And um, teenagers do not embrace hypocrisy. So if I was to honestly live something out before them, I had to truly live that out before them. And and it 
really started a, um, an element in our family of humility, of me going to one of my children when I sinned against them or when I talked harshly against them, but then it began to reciprocate. There became an openness in our family where God was really working in our family, kind of transforming all of our relationships among each other, going from a house of conflict truly to a house of peace, but also uh, a vulnerability and an authenticity that had I just pushed through and thought, oh, we'll just get through this, it's just a phase, it would have not been a true representation of what Christ-like living is when we claim that He is in our life. And one of your children might not be on a mission field today because of that. That's exactly true. Exactly true. I do believe that Joel chapter 2 has been really my lifeline verse of restoration, which is God will redeem the years the locusts have eaten. And that was a promise he gave to me when my children were younger, and I even struggled with, um, I think, um, how a lot of moms do when you're a stay-at-home mom and you might have a strong-willed child is you, you struggled. I tend, I struggled with anger when my children were toddlers, and then also again with the early teen years, and God truly transformed our house. And it was really out of that whole transformation that I actually started blogging. And out of blogging, what God was authentically doing and starting to talk to people about, you know, we look like the picture-perfect image, but we've been struggling. But let me tell you, God has been working our family. Do you think that God used, I don't know if it was your son or your daughter, who was strong-willed, really used that strong will to speak deeper into your life? Definitely. It was definitely a challenge. And I... I, I do believe the Lord was, was testing me. I had to choose. I had to choose. Was I going to choose pride in my right, or was I going to choose um, God's way and choose what was best for my child rather than holding on to the rights that I perhaps felt I should have as a parent? Is this the child that's on the mission field now, the strong-willed child? Um, I actually would not like to talk about that specifically. <laughs> okay. Because I understand. This is kind of my story instead of calling out them. Well, no, I, I don't want to call it specifically, but I guess in the sense of giving, there's parents listening right now that are ready to give it up, throw in the towel, saying this is just the way they're going to go. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can't give up. I mean, and so this might not be the child that's on the mission field, but I'm just trying to, to help paint a picture of hope for somebody that's ready to give up and not want to continue on with a child that's so strong-willed. No, I think, in fact, strong-willed children, I just did a whole talk about this with a mop group the other week. Uh, I think we give strong-willed children just uh, uh, there's so many funnels that that can really filter through. But when kids are young, God has given them that passion. I was a strong-willed child. Uh, God has given you a, a passion and a strength and a tenacity and a perseverance to really push through situations that perhaps a child of another nature may not be as equipped to do. And so I think as parents, we often tend to see our children in the frame of who they are in the home when they're with us. And that's only, you know, 10 to 20 years of their life. And that's what I talk so much about in Pledge is really learning how to uh, foster a relationship with your children that turns their heart towards God and points them in the direction that builds their their skills and their gifts of how God has created them. Because as parents, I think we tend to just want them to 
behave or perform or look a certain way. And we have a harder time giving them grace and compassion and understanding when when they do push against us. Let's remind our listeners to Mid-South Viewpoint right now. We're live on this afternoon's program with Ellen Olford, my good friend Ellen, who's the Director of Women's Ministry at Central Church. We also have Brenda Yoder, who will be coming and participating in the Refresh April 12th and 13th. Ellen, we've got to give listeners details on how they can get their tickets and go ahead and reserve their spot for Refresh. Refresh is on the Central Church website at centralchurch.com. You're going to go to events, and you're going to see information about the Women's Conference. And also, if you want to call my office at 901-255-8113, we can hold you a ticket. We can sell you a ticket. So we'd like them to come. They can come Thursday night and Friday morning. If you're a working woman, you just can come. Working mom, you can just come Thursday night. Uh, we'd love for you to come to the whole part, at both both sessions, Thursday and Friday. Now's the time to go ahead and make your reservation for your seat. Bring a friend with you, too. That'd be a great thing to do. So go to centralchurch.com. Centralchurch.com. Centralchurch.com and do that. Brenda, when you travel, and I know you travel a lot more now because you've got a little more freedom, and talk to women across the country, are there any common themes where a lot of women, wives, moms, uh, kind of a common thread among many of them? Yes. I have, and it's been this in, almost an, an overwhelming insecurity of not being enough or not doing enough. That is the theme that I hear often, and it really has been a burden on my heart, especially among younger moms, of I'm not playing with my kids enough. I'm not doing enough. At the end of the day, I didn't do enough. And as I've talked with them, social media has become a big part of that because they tend to look, or we, I shouldn't say them, I, I can get right caught up right into this also. We look at Instagram or we look at Facebook and we see all of the picture-perfect moments that people are experiencing with their picked-up homes and with their picturesque moments. They're doing stuff with their kids and their kids are succeeding. And naturally, I think women and moms feel a sense of insecurity or a sense of I have to do more or I have to be better. I have to I have to fit the picture perfect image of a godly woman and that looks like XYZ and social media then puts it right in our face multiple times a day and that really has become a burden of mine that I've been talking more about when I speak but then also um, I do some try to do some Facebook live posts on my author Facebook page and I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. It definitely is a theme. It sounds like it could be a next book for you, maybe. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's so many things you could write about. I think it's interesting. That's a great thing to really work on, not being enough, not doing enough. Boy, that I can see that with a lot of women throughout uh, the ministries that I'm involved in. So just the refreshing part of getting away and having time with God and having time with one another at this conference and hear you speak, it's going to be fabulous to to bring you to Memphis, Tennessee, Brenda. It is going to be fabulous. And don't forget, friend, to go to that website, centralchurch.com, for the refresh April 12th and 13th at Central Church. Church is located in Collierville on Winchester. What's that address? 2005 Winchester. 2005 Winchester, Ellen. Brenda, thank you so much for taking a few moments this afternoon and sharing with us. What are some of your expectations? We've got to say goodbye. My producer's saying time to say goodbye. Can you give us maybe an expectation that you might have 
have that God would accomplish during those two days here in Memphis? For women to come and to know that they can stop striving and just trust in God's rest. Okay, <laughs> I like that. Well, Brenda Yoder, God bless you. Ellen, thank you so much for what both you dear ladies do for Christ's kingdom. Thank you for being our guest today on Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. 